I mean, it's kind of cute, right? Hello, and welcome back to Kinda Cute, and if you're new here, welcome. My name is Bailey Evan, I'm your host, and on Kinda Cute, we discuss articles from the cut and my general pop culture musings. Right off the bat, I have some sad news. So, Kenzie got tested for COVID yesterday. She has COVID. For those of you that don't know, Kenzie is my younger sister that lives with me. So... That's fun because it's Labor Day weekend. There goes Labor Day plans. Um, I was supposed to see my friend Emily, who I like never get to see, and she was in town this weekend. And it's one of those things where I feel like it's so unclear from the CDC guidelines. Like it says if you're fully vaccinated, you don't have to quarantine when you're in close contact with someone who has it. But then it also says like you should get tested after three to five days and like wait till you have a negative test. So I don't know. I feel very confused. I don't have any symptoms. Knock on wood. Hopefully I'm fine. And selfishly beyond just like ruining my Labor Day plans, I was devastated that I have a Harry Styles concert that I bought tickets to back in 2019 that's coming up September 17th. And I was just like, if somehow this stops me from going to Harry Styles, I know that is the most first world problem about COVID, but I'm just like, please, please let me make it to this concert. I also have some weddings coming up that I'm really excited for. And I just, uh, I'm just like, please, please, please like do not let me get COVID and happier news. Oh, and I'm being kind of flippant about this because again, she's, she's vaccinated. So she's having pretty mild symptoms. She's fine. So no one needs to worry about her. I think she'll be totally fine and hopefully fully recovered soon um it is all in happier news the opening day of the bots coffee tasting room which i've talked about here multiple times it's elena's little brother's coffee shop and he's opened the tasting room it's in whiting indiana if you're in that area go give it a visit it's open on weekends like i said today is the opening day I so badly wish I could be there, but again, I guess with this COVID scare, it's um, a good thing I'm not. I ordered a shit ton of stuff from Abercrombie & Fitch, which like I feel very torn over. I'm definitely one of those people who was like traumatized by Abercrombie when I was younger. Like I was so intimidated to go in the store because I hated how they had the people standing outside. So luckily they've gotten rid of that. Uh, And honestly, the reason... As so many other things I buy in my life, I was swayed by TikTok because I kept getting these Abercrombie hauls and everyone was saying they just had really great basics and I was like, I could really use some new basics. So I haven't tried it on yet. I kind of want to film a TikTok. If you don't already, follow me at Bailey Evan on TikTok. You can also follow me at Bailey Evan on Instagram, pretty much everywhere. I'm Bailey Evan Peloton. You want to follow me there? I'm Bailey Evan. Um, YouTube, Bailey Evan, and you can also follow me at Kind of Cute Podcast. Sorry to plug myself right in the middle of the beginning here, but I also just wanted to remind you guys, if you haven't already, please subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts. I love getting Apple reviews, nice ones, and share it with a friend. Post it in your story. Tag Kind of Cute Podcast, and if there's something in an episode that speaks to you, I would love to see that. It would make my day. Um. Yeah, anyways, back to Abercrombie. I was definitely traumatized by it and I just was so disgusted by like the CEO's statements and like it blows my mind that so many CEOs of companies have made derogatory comments about plus size people and the fact that like my size jeans were never in an accessible place at Abercrombie when I was younger. Like you always had to like ask for them. They'd have to get like the thing out to get them down. Like that's just, it's unacceptable. Um, 
and honestly, like, not that this matters because every size should be accessible, but I was like a pretty average size for an American woman, you know, like why is that being hit up at the top? Like this awful thing. I just, and the, and their hiring practice, their racist tendencies. So clearly I was a little hesitant to buy it. I still, who knows? I might end up returning everything, but I got some stuff that was on sale. Again, I was swayed by TikTok. I don't know what to say. The, TikTok sadly influences a lot of my buying practices. I'm not ashamed to admit it. It's just the truth. T- to completely pivot and maybe just expose myself about another embarrassing thing. <laughs> the other day, Kenzie found this voice memo on my phone. And it's from February of this year. And it was me... <laughs> trying to manifest myself winning the lotto, which is not a new thing. Like in every manifestation board I have, every list, winning the lotto is on there. And so if it ever does happen to happen for me, I'm totally going to credit manifestation for it. The irony here is that I never even enter the lotto. Like I probably play the lotto once or twice a year. I get a scratch off like when I'm drunk and like passing the convenience store, you know, on the way home, it's, it's, I love scratchies, but, but again, I'm not like a consistent lotto buyer. So please just cringe at this voice memo I left myself when I wanted to, I still do obviously want to be a pop star. Like I'm not saying I have any of the talent looks or skill to do so. It's just a dream of mine. Um, and so (laughs) Again, I think I the address on this is my home address, like because it for some reason labeled when I did this voice memo as my home address. I guess it always does. That. It always labels like where the location are when you're recording it. So I was definitely just drunk at home, um, and just just please enjoy my embarrassment and cringiness here for a moment. So this is my voice memo for my song about the lotto. <clears throat> oh, this is the other one I wanted to Excuse do. me, I'm doing a voice memo. Oh, baby, I want to win the lotto. I just got to get some scratch-offs, baby. I'm going to scratch them off. I'm going to live my life. I'm going to win that lotto, baby. I'm just spitballing right now, just trying to think of themes, you know, that could go with lotto. Winning the lotto of life. But I want to win the actual lotto. And get lots of money and swim in it, like... The duck in DuckTales. What's his name? Scrooge McDuck. Scrooge McDuck. I want to swim in my money like Scrooge McDuck. But I will help out the people who need it too. I mean, there's just so much to say about that. First, that song is awful. Lyrically abysmal. I'm a bitch to Kenzie when she doesn't even know that I <laughs> was recording a voice memo. The fact that I said I wanted to swim in the money like Scrooge McDuck. I mean, true. Um but kind of repulsive. And then I like how I just throw in that I'm going to be like altruistic at the end. It's like, no, bitch, you just were talking about swimming in the money like Scrooge McDuck. Anyways, I had to share that with you guys um, (laughs) because it made me laugh. I want to talk about some just celebrity little rundowns really quick that have been, well, the first one really shook me. So I think this was last week on Just Jared. You guys know I love Just Jared. They do like, it's like my it's the equivalent of a tabloid for me today because they post a lot of celebrity pics and they posted one a week or two ago that was of Kaylee Cuoco and Pete Davidson walking hand in hand. And I saw this photo and I literally gasped. I'm like, Pete and Kaylee, what? And I, 
looked at the caption and it was like, oh, it's they're on the set of their new movie together. They're filming a scene. I literally, it was like a, a sigh of relief that escaped me. I was like, thank God. Like, I think she's married. I don't see like what, what she would, why she would Pete Davidson. So I was relieved. Well, fast forward to yesterday and come to find out that allegedly um, Kaylee broke off her marriage and is now with Pete Davidson. And now that I've heard that, now that I know it's a real thing, I'm a little less alarmed by it because I see how they could work. I think, if I'm not mistaken, this is the first time other than um, when he dated Cassie David, who's Larry David's daughter, that he's been with kind of um, a comedian sort. And I think Kaylee is a little bit more lighthearted than Cassie. Like, Cassie, I think, has a little bit more of a cynical type humor Kaylee's like more of the like bimbo humor I love Kaylee Cuoco I I remember watching her back in that show um 10 rules for dating my teenage daughter I thought she was the coolest is that what it was called it was you guys know what I'm talking about um and I just I loved the flight attendant show that was recently on I can't wait for the second season of that I thought that was so good but Again, it's just like these beautiful women with like these men who I'm like, I guess there's something in them. And I see the appeal of Pete Davidson, even if he does kind of look like Steve Buscemi, um, which isn't really my go-to aesthetic. Like I get the appeal. I think, you know, obviously he has that BDE. He coined, I mean, the the term P- BDE was coined for Pete Davidson. So... I don't know, but again, it's just an odd pairing. We're just really continuing the odd pairings because I don't know, maybe everyone with Pete Davidson is an odd pairing. Maybe that's the issue. (laughs) Maybe Kaylee and him is the least odd pairing of all. In some delightful celebrity news, I cannot get over how good Zendaya and Timmy Chalamet looked at the Dune premiere. Her dress, it was like made for her it just every curve I don't know what the fabric was I don't know if it was molded to like look wet because it kind of did she had on these gorgeous like emerald earrings emerald huge emerald and diamond necklace she just oh she's such a fashion icon to me I like drool over her looks and then Timmy had on this sparkly black number kind of giving priest vibes because had a little white showing at the top the two of them together, I mean, really are modern day Hollywood stars. Other news that I was delighted by was Helen Mirren posted an Instagram of her dancing with Vin Diesel, you know, from the Fast and Furious. Helen Mirren, Dame Helen Mirren, doesn't even need introduction. She was also seen dancing with Megan the Stallion while in Venice. These are just the crossovers I didn't know I needed. They light up a part of my brain in a way that Pete Davidson and a couple could never... <laughs> Obviously, I know I've talked about the He's All That movie so much, the one with Addison Rae from TikTok, Um, but I had to (laughs) just say one more thing about it because Chelsea had texted me before. It was like right after I had recorded the podcast, and she was like, I really need you to explain to me who Addison Rae is. (laughs) she's like I just don't get it like she really can't dance she really can't act I thought she was the worst actress out of everyone now I had as you know from if you listen to last episode I gave Addison her props I thought for her first film she did a great job acting I didn't think she was the worst actress in it 
I thought she played it with a level of sincerity, but I'm like, okay, maybe I'm in the minority here. Um, and I did also say in the last episode, I thought her dance moves weren't the best, but what you may not realize is that Addison Ray went to LSU and she tried out for her dance team at LSU and she didn't make it. So even in Addison's own words, she doesn't view herself as this like star dancer. She's like, I'm a TikTok dancer. You know, there's there's different levels of of skill here. So I don't know. I just thought that was funny that clearly like people had a very visceral reaction when my most visceral reaction to watching that movie was the product placement. Clearly, like I dwelled on that last week. Um, speaking of TikTok, last night after we found out <laughs> Kenzie had COVID, we were just like sitting far apart from each other in the living room with our masks on and watching the Demelio show on Hulu. And I want to be a Demelio. I am ready to go to Sally's, get some black hair dye, like get some extensions to look like um, Dixie when she has her extensions in. I'm like, do I need to go on a hinge date? I want to find a Noah Beck. I... I want to sing. I want to dance clearly by my, my lotto um, masterpiece that I shared earlier. I just want to be a Demelio. Their parents are so cute and sweet. I think I'm, I'm really hopeful like seeing the family dynamics that because they have such a strong family bond that and their parents seem so down to earth that it's really going to help keep the Demelios grounded because they are just so young. Like in the last episode, which I haven't, I'm on episode four, but I saw that in the last episode, it's Charlie celebrating her 17th birthday. She blew up on TikTok when she was 15 years old. And it's just something I really can't get my mind around. Um, just the quickness that they blew up with and to be that young and put in the spotlight like that. But I just love their whole family. Like I literally want to be a Demelio, and I'm like, you know, we have similar coloring, like, I think I could fit in. Um, I think that's what I'm also going to manifest on top of me uh, winning the lotto is just a chance to like hang with the Demelios, uh, and also manifest myself a Noah Beck. I'm like ugh, very, you know, man averse, but he just seems so sweet. Like he has this like real fuckboy look, but I think he's so sweet and good for Dixie. I don't know. I need someone else to watch this and discuss it with me. Cause again, I have so many thoughts about it. Oh, I also completely forgot when I was talking about Chelsea critiquing, um, Addison's dance skills. I meant to say that Chelsea is actually in a position to critique dance skills because she was a dancer. She did ballet. She was on like color guard at her high school. And fun fact, she was on color guard with Steph. I'm sorry if that's not the right term, Chelsea. I think it is though, but she was on the team with Steph Shep, who's BFFs with Kim Kardashian used to be like CEO of, you know, KKW cosmetics. She, um, Again, I'm sorry, that might be wrong. She was CEO of some, like one of the Kardashian businesses. It might not have been the cosmetics one. But now she kind of does her own thing. But her and Kim just did a Skims collab. And so Steph was all over it. Steph is so gorgeous. And apparently she like threw ragers back in high school and Chelsea would go to them. So fun fact, Chelsea um, was on the dance team with Steph Shep. All right, (laughs) let's get to our first article of the day. So this first article had me shook because if you were anything like me, you grew up being obsessed with the tabloid photos of celebs walking out of Kitson in LA. Mostly like Lindsay Lohan is who I remember, Paris Hilton. They're like these light blue Kitson bags. 
And all I wanted to do was just be there with my low slug jeans, my Melly Bianco ring bag, my layered CNC California tank tops. That's like all I wanted in high school was to go shop at Kitson, get myself a Von Dutch trucker hat. You know, I was a, I was a girl of simple pleasures (laughs) and this Kitson, it opened in 2000. It was on Robertson Boulevard in LA and this article is called The Red Pilling of Kitson, the boutique that defined early aughts LA. Style has taken a dot, 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 unexpected turn by Bridget Reed. Now, this is like a very in-depth article. Um, and it it taught me a lot of things that I had no idea. And I think that kind of speaks to the difference in how we consumed media back in the day. Like a lot of times you weren't necessarily aware of the inner workings of the places that you shopped at. And or wanted to shop out in my case because I'd never been to Kitson. Um, but as Bridget writes, it says, 10 years before the launch of Instagram, when celebrities still relied on people's star tracks to publish their candid photos, they would pop into Kitson for a new set of true religion flares before lunch on the patio at the Ivy. It was also my dream to eat at the Ivy. The fact that I've now been to LA a few times and I've never eaten at the Ivy feels wrong because it's one of those places I don't even think that they're known for their food I think it's pretty overpriced but it's such a place that like if you consume tabloids at all every single week there would be a picture of a celeb eating at the Ivy and so again that was just my dream um to you know a day at Kitson in the Ivy and this article now has changed me where I'm like, oh, I think I could probably go without ever going to Kitson. So the guy who started it and owns it, his name is Fraser Ross. And his Instagram for Kitson has turned into this weird, like QAnon-y right-wing weirdness. Um, Kitson itself has big banners outside supporting the recall of Gavin Newsom, the California governor, which if you are at all familiar with what's going on over there, basically if Gavin Newsom was uh, recalled, he'd be replaced with a pretty conservative governor. Uh, And Ross, that's his last name, that's what we're going to call him, he's from Canada. So he kind of claims that he's not political. He's like, I can't even vote here. But clearly, like the Instagram for Kitson, the branding they put on the outside, it has taken a very political term. But what I actually found interesting about this article was kind of the origin story of Kitson. And apparently the first time they blew up was when Halle Berry bought a monogram leather bag from there and it had an H on it. And it's like this like black pleather with a white H on it. And right when I saw the picture, I was like, oh my God, I remember this. Like when this was really popularized and it was right after she had won the Oscar for Monsters Ball and apparently they sold Kitson sold 1.3 million dollars worth of these initialed totes after she wore them and the same kind of thing would happen with you know the trucker hats the tinted sunglasses boots belts when celebrities would be spotted coming out of Kitson wearing them and the other layer to this is that Ross met this woman named Jill Ishkanian. And at the time, she was an Us Weekly reporter. And she dropped off her business card at Kitson in 2002 because she wanted gossip. So they sort of had this symbiotic relationship where he would give 
Jill information with what the celebrities were buying, what the trends were, how the celebrities acted like when they were in the store. And then she would report on this. This gave Kitson tons of free publicity for free and she would get the juice she wanted. And I'm like, oh, this makes so much sense. And this is again, like those inner workings that at the time I had no idea. Like I didn't know that I just thought, oh my gosh, celebrities love Kitson and that's why there's so many pictures of Kitson. And now looking back and knowing that this is kind of how that happened and why there was so much of it in Us Weekly, which by the way, was my tabloid of choice. There was nothing more calming to me than like when I was in college and I would have to fly home and just treating myself with like an Us Weekly and reading it on the plane and having an apple juice. I now no longer drink apple juice on planes. Uh, I'm more of a Diet Coke slash water girl. But back in the day, apple juice, man, like nothing hit like apple juice on a plane ride. (laughs) And, you know, this article kind of touches on how celebrities were also kind of in on this. Like it says when blogs sniped at Lindsay Lohan for her weight, she left Kitson wearing a skinny bitch t-shirt. When Kim Kardashian wanted to break out of her former employer, Paris's shadow, she went on a shopping spree at Kitson where she was mobbed by her own fans. And then notoriously, Spencer and Heidi Montag loved Spencer Pratt and Heidi Montag from the Hills, and I'm I I love them. <laughs> they loved Kitson. Um, and this article actually has an interview with Spencer, and he says, "If Robertson, the street that Kitson was on, was Disneyland, Kitson was like the gift shop." And apparently, like when they would visit the store, they would get goodies on the way out. They even carried the Team Heidi and Team LC shirts, which I had forgotten about but I'm so glad that this reminded me of that and Spencer says that the team Heidi shirt was a bestseller which I'm sure it was um they also carried other celebrity lines like Heidi had a clothing line called Heidi Wood which let's bring that back they had Paris's line Kim's line Nicole Richie's Gwen Stefani's lamb they had Victoria Beckham's DVB denim line and uh also Lindsay Lohan's handbags which were short-lived but they were there And Kelly Catrone, who you will also remember from The Hills, she was like the famously kind of snarky PR firm founder. Uh, She described this style as bling ring leisure wear, which is so spot on. And um, actually, there was part of the bling ring was filmed at Kitson. Like that's how much it was a part of this time in history, I feel like. And... It, the article goes on to say that the shop helped to pioneer what we now identify as influencer culture, which again is so true. Like you don't think sometimes about kind of where these things started, but just like I feel like Martha Stewart was the original influencer, I really credit stores like this and the kind of hullabaloo around them that started what we now know as influencer culture. Paris Hilton also like such a start of the true influencer. But in more recent years, Kitson's been embroiled in a lot of lawsuits. And Ross says, though, that the media is missing the big story. He says that Ross and Kitson were the victims of fraud. It was just Wall Street corruption at its highest. Uh, And the lawsuit's pretty complicated. The article says it's a nest, a tangled nest of complaints and counter complaints where I'm like, again, I'm I'm kind of unclear on even what the what the claims are one of the suits claims it's a fraudulent scheme known in the industry as pump and dump where um 
I guess the parent company stockpiled excess inventory immediately prior to closing the Kitson boutiques. So this, I think, is kind of what radicalized Ross. And he so his whole stance is like, I'm not political. I just like am looking out for small businesses. But again, if you look at this Instagram, you're going to be like, what the hell? And um, but he says that his mission has become taking a stand against the sinister nebulous forces that tried to take him down. And they, he's talking about politicians, corporations, and media editors working together to hold the power. Again, it's all very, very like far right wing thinking. He also has public beef with Jen Atkin and Chrissy Teigen. Jen Atkin's the famous hairstylist. She does tons of celeb hair, Kardashian hair. She has a hairline called Way. It's spelled O-U-A-I. So you've probably seen it in stores. Uh, like a lot of times they're featured on his the Instagram for Kitson. He's just dragging them. And of course, because of the world we live in, um, with these weird Instagram posts, the follower count for Kitson has increased from 15,000 to 47,000 during the pandemic. And another theme this article points out is that instead of capitalizing on what is definitively a Y2K renaissance that's rehappening in 2021, and they could have really capitalized on that, like more so what's getting them notoriety is their strange right-wing posts. And remember his original business partner, Jill, that I spoke about, who was at Us Weekly, and they went in more formally later on. But she says, literally no one cares about celebrities anymore. JLo's trying to, by doing staged pictures, resuscitate something from 2003, which obviously refers to the famous Benefer photos. Um, but she says, really, political stories are the ones that go viral these days, more so than celebrity ones. She says, now I would get more excited to see Gavin Newsom than I would Brad Pitt. And then they have a quote from Perez Hilton in here, the famous blogger. He says, it's two sides of the same coin, entertainment and politics. People consume it the same way, obsessively. It's a form of entertainment disguised as trying to make things better. And I was just like, that is kind of an interesting take because as someone who's much more interested in celebrity culture than political culture, I can definitely see how they overlap. It's like my same reason of why I think sports are really similar to reality TV. Like it's all forms of reality TV that we're kind of ingesting in my opinion. So again, there's no real point to this article in in my mind other than it just being like crazy how these things that to me was literally like my dream place to go shop when I was younger and now has taken this sharp turn and it's just odd. It's just odd to think about. I don't know how else to phrase it. <laughs> Okay, this next article is one I saw a while ago and meant to talk about and totally forgot to, but because it's from 2018, and it's an I think about this a lot from the cut, so this is kind of our deep cut. Um, I'm also going to be sharing my I think about this a lot in a little bit, but this became relevant to me because I think that Masha, the character Nicole Kidman plays on Nine Perfect Strangers, is kind of teal swan adjacent. So I'm, I'm going to get into who she is in a second. So this article is called, I think about this a lot, the beauty habits of this possible cult leader by Maureen O'Connor. She writes, Teal Swan is a self-made guru who calls herself the spiritual catalyst. She built a com commune in Costa Rica for the Teal tribe, a set of devoted followers called from her roughly half million online followers. Oh my God, guys, I literally just had to <laughs> take a break because I had to go to my Botox appointment and... I was like, okay, I'm going to try doing a little Botox above my lip. It's called a lip flip, and it's such a small amount of units. It's like four units, 
which like I get like 40 units. I up, I usually get 30. I got 40 today. So it's small, small amount. It hurts so bad. To anyone who says like Botox doesn't hurt, A, I think it hurts even in the forehead. Getting it above my lip, holy shit. I hated that. I was like crying. The doctor's like, it's too early to cry. I'm like, it hurt. And I was like, I'm scared. I'm like, I'm just such a baby. Like I can't, I mean, I do a lot of painful um, beauty things and I know it's over so fast, but like I'm sorry, that shit hurts. I That was just my PSA. Speaking of like, you know, the beauty habits of Teal Swan, Teal Swan, I just had to come in and say that. Anyways, <laughs> okay, back to Teal Swan. Um, <laughs> she practices a Skype-enabled form of recovered memory therapy. She says she was raised in a satanic cult and she has accused a family friend of stuffing her into a human corpse and then sewing it shut, forcing her to sleep inside. She says she can access the Akashic Records, which are a compendium of all known human knowledge events and feelings. So she literally thinks she knows everything. And there is a very interesting podcast that this article cites. It's called The Gateway. It's a six-part podcast. I've listened to it all like years ago. Um, it's a wild ride because <laughs> again, I'm so fascinated by cult leaders. I just can't get enough of them because I'm so perpetually confused. Okay, but the point of this article is that the author is wondering how Teal Swan gets her skin so good, which funny enough is um, an ongoing thing on the cut, like how so-and-so gets her skin so good. Now, apparently what Teal Swan believes is in mind-body integration and that most medical problems are symptoms of spiritual distress and that acne is one of them. So if you heal your soul, your complexion will go with it and it will improve as well. She says you can consider clogged organs like the liver a primary manifestation of the suppressed and clogged and repressed motions. And you could consider the pimple a secondary manifestation of that original pattern of suppressing, denying your negative emotion. She does breath work where she breathes through her pores, which if someone can tell me how to do that, please. And she calls the pores tiny chakras and that if they're clogged, they can clog your entire spiritual flow. Sure, Jan. Um... <laughs> You know, I obviously think there is a tie between like your mental, your gut health and your skin health. When you're stressed, it's normal to have pimples show up. When your hormones are out of whack, normal to have pimples show up. But this is such hokey shit. She claims to be a medical savant with medical intuition. I mean, I'll give it to her. She has good skin, but you know she probably has a bottle of La Mer she is slathering on at night. Um, And what struck me about this were the comments um but before we get to that the author also writes that <laughs> in one of the episodes of the gateway podcast teal swan tells the host that she is x-raying his body while he speaks um i'm watching the blood going through your veins i'm watching the way your heart is pumping i'm watching your digestive system i can see your bones if i zoom in i can look at the specific genetics if you'd like me to just so creepy just a full-on cuckoo lechew and the author says she thinks about breathing through her pores and x-raying her skin every time she washes her face uh, tila swan has only been in my life for a couple of months but she is in it every morning and night and it's horrible <laughs> oh man again the power of these cult leaders 
Now, again, though, what I found was very interesting is some of these comments are clearly like major teal stands. One person writes, dear author, you are dumb. And someone replies, teal, is that you? And then another one says that, so you just go about making fun of people because their methods are beyond your understanding. Teal Swan will keep saving lives and help thousands of people while a narrow-minded idiot like yourself would just continue barking senselessly. Like what? Again, the graphs these cult leaders have. All right, we've made it to this week's I Think About This a Lot. This is a conversation I had with my sister last weekend and I don't know, it felt fitting for this podcast. Maybe it's a little too philosophical. Maybe no one else will relate, but I think you guys might. So I was talking about how I have this weird dichotomy where I'm so aware of like the most special moments in life and the moments that mean the most to me, the moments I look forward to the most, they involve other people, right? Like when I think about the moments in my life that have just brought me so much joy, it's like when I'm with my best friends, like just having a perfect day, like traveling somewhere. If I'm at a concert, seeing someone I really love perform, if I'm eating an amazing meal that someone else cooked, I'm like all of these things, all of the things we appreciate, even like the clothes that make me happy and items that make me happy, they all come from people, right? Like other than my pets, and animals bringing me joy, everything else that brings me joy, like at its root comes from people. On the flip side, I am very much an introvert. I feel drained when I spend too long around people. And honestly, there's so few people that like I genuinely click with and like, and I'm so lucky that I feel like the people who are my friends and that I have in my life, they 100% um are people that I really love and I'm so happy to have in my life even though I'm like the worst at staying in contact with people because again social anxiety introvert shy I think about the people who have been there in my life and my friends all of the time and they mean so much to me even if I'm not like constantly contacting them you know or texting them or calling them I'm I'm like the classic millennial who like hates speaking on the phone but Again, I just really struggle. I'm like, but how is it that I'm so like, I'm so skeptical of dating. I'm so like scared of men, like, cause I value my female friendships so much or just like, there's so many people who I'm like, oh, like, I just really don't like them. I don't want to spend time around them. And it's just coming to the terms in my head with like, how can I get so much joy from people, but at the same time, feel like I need so much time not around them to feel my best. And it creates this struggle because so many times like on a weekday, I'll be sitting at home just chilling, reading a book, watching TV, stuff that makes me happy, but not the stuff I know that I'm going to look back on in my life and be like, wow, that was a really pivotal moment. You know, it's kind of the forgettable stuff. And I'm like, should I just be out? Like, should I be out on a random Tuesday just meeting people and doing things? And knowing that I need that time to kind of reboot, but feeling that inner struggle of like wanting to be around people and make memories and yada, yada, yada. So does anyone else have this struggle? I don't know if I'm doing a great job articulating it, but this really is something I think about a lot and finding that balance where you're like, where I'm not like a social shut in, but also, you know, 
really getting a lot out of the relationships and the people I meet and I just feel like sometimes I need to put myself out there more I've gotten like so comfortable with like who I know and the people I've met here that it's been a while that I've really like pushed myself out of my comfort zone to make new friends like when I first moved to West Palm I didn't know anyone here and I was literally like cold emailing people to like hang out with me and sometimes I'm like do I need to get back in that discomfort a little bit um Again, like I said, maybe too philosophical for this podcast, but you guys know that I love to invent my ideas with you. And I, even though it's a one-sided conversation, I know ultimately it isn't because you guys are listening on the other side. So that's why I always want you to reach out with me. Tell me how you're feeling. Tell me what you're up to. And let's get into our legit shit of the day. So again, this is an item. I'm a materialistic hoe at, at my core and I want to be swimming in the money like Scrooge McDuck what can I say so one of the ways I like to do that is buying um bougie overpriced makeup and my most recent purchase was the Dior lip glow oil now I have had this like on my little like liked list on Sephora for so long and I had a $10 gift card and I finally was just like you know what instead of $35 it's gonna be $25 I'm gonna do it and I'm so glad I did because I love it so much. It just feels so luxurious. It gives this nice little like almost like a lip stain look but juicy. I have like the opposite of plump lips. And this just gives a nice sheen, a glow. It feels nice on the lips. Some people might think it's sticky but I think it's just like it's thick and it stays on well and it's so shiny it is like the elevated version of those clear lip glosses that we would slather on as a child and I just think if you haven't tried it yet and you want to like treat yourself and splurge or like get someone a nice birthday gift um you know a little add-on I think it's great for that because I think it there's a lot of different colors but because they're kind of clear I think they could complement a ton of skin tones all right I hope you guys enjoyed this episode and I will see you next week bye